You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. The DOJ concludes its exedetic marketplace investigation. A cyber attack shuts down a major mortgage lender. The Swiss Air Force suffers third-party breach. An update on Silver Rat. The Space Force emphasizes collaboration for effective cyber growth. The DOE announces cyber resilience funding. Merck reaches a settlement on NotPetya. NIST warns of AI threats. Our guest is Dragos CEO Robert M. Lee with a look at intellectual property theft in manufacturing. And chump change fines for big tech. It's Monday, January 8th, 2024. I'm Dave Bittner, and this is your CyberWire Intel Briefing. United States Attorney Roger B. Handberg announced the conclusion of an investigation into Exdetic Marketplace, a dark website selling illegal access to servers and personal data globally, including over 150,000 in the U.S. The site facilitated tax fraud, ransomware, and other crimes, operating through a complex international network and using cryptocurrency to maintain anonymity. In January 2019, U.S. authorities, in collaboration with international law enforcement, seized Exdetic's domain and dismantled its infrastructure. Post-takedown, the U.S. Attorney's Office charged individuals at all operational levels of Exdetic, including administrators, sellers, and buyers. Seventeen defendants have been charged or extradited to the U.S., with many being foreign nationals from non-extraditing countries, which of course complicates the legal process. The investigation was a combined effort of various U.S. and international agencies. Loan Depot, a major U.S. mortgage lender, was hit by a cyber attack, leading to the shutdown of its IT systems and disruption of online payments and customer services. The company, servicing loans worth over $140 billion, responded to customer queries on ex-Twitter about the outage, confirming the incident and their efforts to restore operations with the help of law enforcement and forensic experts. While the exact nature of the attack remains unclear, 
The potential for ransomware suggests risks of stolen corporate and customer data. Following a previous data breach in August 2022, Loan Depot customers are reminded to be vigilant for phishing and identity theft. The Swiss Air Force suffered a significant data breach after U.S.-based Ultra Intelligence and Communications was compromised. The ALF-V hacker group claimed responsibility, leaking 30 gigabytes of sensitive data, including Swiss military and intelligence documents, after a failed ransom demand. The leak, which is now on the darknet, reveals encrypted communication technologies and deals, notably with the Swiss Department of Defense and RUAG, although the Swiss Federal Department of Defense assured that operational systems remain secure, the full impact of the breach affecting organizations including the FBI and NATO is yet to be determined, raising concerns about the exploitation of disclosed vulnerabilities. Continuing with supply chain news, a researcher from security firm Praetorian has identified a significant vulnerability in public GitHub repositories using self-hosted GitHub Actions runners, which can be exploited for high-impact supply chain attacks. Researcher Adnan Khan says attackers can inject malicious code into these repositories via fork pull requests, potentially gaining persistent access and compromising sensitive processes. This vulnerability was demonstrated when a researcher gained access to GitHub's own Runner Images repository, highlighting the risks. Tens of thousands of repositories, including those of major tech companies, are vulnerable. While researchers have reported this issue and GitHub has begun mitigation, organizations are urged to require approval for all outside contributions to safeguard against these attacks. Dark Reading reports on Silver Rat, a remote-access Trojan with links to Turkey and Syria, which enables control over compromised Windows systems and reportedly plans an update for Android devices. Developed by a group known as Anonymous Arabic, its sophisticated malware used for keylogging, ransomware attacks, and can delete system restore points. Silver Rat's first version, leaked in October, featured customizable command and control options, antivirus bypasses, and delayed payload execution. The developers, operating under aliases Dangerous Silver and Monster MC, engage in malware-as-a-service and cybercrime activities on platforms like Telegram and other online forums. Middle Eastern cybercrime markets, traditionally led by state-backed groups, now see a rise in homegrown entities like Anonymous Arabic. Cyber threat analysts note varying technical sophistication among Middle Eastern hacking groups and a trend of young hackers transitioning from game hacks to more serious cybercrimes, highlighting the need for programs to redirect youth from cybercriminal activities. The U.S. Space Force continues to grow their in-house cyber capabilities, but in the meantime, plan to continue their collaborative partnership with U.S. Cyber Command. For more on this story, here's Maria Vermasis, host of our T-Minus Daily Space Podcast. The U.S. Space Force is taking cyber threats in space seriously and making moves to work closer with the U.S. Cyber Command, otherwise known as U.S. Cybercom. Despite the concerted effort to protect assets in orbit, there are currently no guardians stationed at U.S. Cybercom, a situation that the service says it hopes to rectify in the coming years. 
Space Force has reportedly had conversations about establishing a service component to U.S. Cybercom, but nothing formal has been announced at this time. That's T-Minus host Maria Vermasis. Be sure to subscribe to the T-Minus Space Daily wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Turning toward critical infrastructure, the Department of Energy is dedicating $70 million to research and development of technologies to protect delivery infrastructure from cyber threats and physical hazards. Managed by the Office of Cybersecurity, Energy Security, and Emergency Response, the All Hazards Energy Resilience Initiative seeks proposals, particularly for operational technology, focusing on creating a zero-trust architecture in electrical, oil, and natural gas environments. With the complexity of networks increasing, the DOE aims to modernize security to defend against emerging threats. Awards of up to $5 million will be granted to universities, tribal nations, and companies for solutions to secure critical energy infrastructure. The initiative recognizes the growing vulnerability of energy systems to cyber attacks, emphasizing the need to maintain operational capability even when compromised. The research is informed by current threats, considering various potential entry vectors into the sector. Pharmaceutical giant Merck has settled with insurers over a disputed $700 million claim following the NotPetya cyber attack in 2017. Initially denied coverage due to an Acts of War clause, Merck's legal battle highlighted the challenge of defining such acts in the realm of cyber warfare. A New Jersey court ruled in favor of Merck, noting the unchanged language and policies despite the evolving cyber threat landscape. The settlement was reached just before the case escalated to the New Jersey Supreme Court. This case, and others like it, have prompted the insurance industry, including Lloyd's of London, to clarify exclusions for state-backed cyber attacks in their policies. The U.S. National Institute of Standards and Technology, NIST, has released a publication highlighting the privacy and security risks associated with the growing use of AI systems like ChatGPT, These systems are vulnerable to adversarial manipulation of training data, model vulnerabilities, and malicious interactions that can lead to sensitive data exfiltration. AI technologies face threats like corrupted training data, software security flaws, data model poisoning, supply chain weaknesses, and prompt injection attacks. NIST classifies the attacks as evasion, poisoning, privacy, and abuse attacks, which can significantly impact the system's integrity and privacy. The agency emphasizes the current lack of robust defenses and urges the tech community to develop better mitigation strategies, warning against oversimplified solutions for these complex security challenges. Coming up after the break, Robert M. Lee, founder and CEO of Dragos, talks about intellectual property theft in manufacturing. Stay with us. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. 
It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use. With zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications, so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Joining me once again is Robert M. Lee. He is the CEO at Dragos. Rob, some of your colleagues there at Dragos recently put out a report on intellectual property theft in manufacturing. I thought that might be a good topic for you and I to touch on here today. What are your insights here when it comes to this? Yeah, I mean, when you look at manufacturing, obviously there's a lot of intellectual property there. Now, every company to some measure has intellectual property, no matter if they really recognize what it is as, as much. But if you're in business, there is something that makes you special. And when you look at manufacturing, there's multiple facets to that intellectual property. Some of that intellectual property is what people classically think of, like the recipe or the makeup of the product lines or any sort of secret sauce that they're putting into it, right? Like from food to body armor to manufactured, you know, steel, like there's something there that's intellectual property, usually along that recipe-ish like pattern. But there's also, and sometimes more importantly so, intellectual property and how you're achieving those outputs. In other words, how are you building the physical process and the engineering and the instrumentation of that control system environment to take lower quality inputs and make higher quality outputs? Because in manufacturing, margins can be razor thin. So if I have a better way of making something, that can be a competitive advantage in the orders of billions of dollars and define whether that company is going to stay in business or not. So what we see is a lot of focus has gone into intellectual property theft over the years. But as expected, a lot of that has been, most of that has been placed on the IT portion of the networks. You know, let's do enterprise IT security to protect intellectual property. Well, a lot of the intellectual property is your operations inside the house, the manufacturing lines, the recipes, et cetera. That's not just sitting around in an email server, usually in your enterprise. So being inside the operations technology networks, these industrial control environments, being able to identify these threats, their methods, et cetera, and being able to stop them there is hypercritical, especially as we become a digitally transformed kind of industry where integrators and OEMs and contractors and everybody else has access to that side of the house. And so long story short, what we are seeing is a consistency in threat groups 
targeting manufacturing for one of four purposes. One would be the intellectual property theft that you were talking about with like recipes and similar. One is the intellectual property theft of like the actual operations itself. One is just criminal, right? Just because they're hyper-connected, there's a lot of ransomware groups that are hitting manufacturing. And if they take down the operation side of the house, the company is likely to pay more and pay faster because that's where they're generating revenue. And then the last thing we see but less of is the more pre-positioning aspect where maybe it could turn into something destructive eventually, but the type of information that the adversaries are stealing is not very clearly defined in one of the previous categories. And so you don't want to come out and make an assessment of this means that, no, 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 we're just saying it doesn't cleanly fit into the first three categories and the type of information that's being stolen tends to be more for disruptive or destructive capabilities. Probably, and this, this is an espionage for probably one of the best case studies that's happened in a long, long time, very interesting, is that the U.S. government apparently got wind of, got access to, you know, I don't, I don't know their sources and methods, but the U.S. government ended up finding a foreign state actor that was developing exploits against unknown Rockwell automation controller, like an unknown Rockwell automation vulnerabilities in the Rockwell controllers. And those type of controllers are in electric and gas as well, but they're very, very popular in manufacturing. And so it looked more flavor towards manufacturing. So the U.S. government uses their sources and methods to go find adversary capabilities before the adversaries launched it. They brought in Rockwell, who was there to partner and and work with them and help them understand what the vulnerabilities do and get patches out and mitigation advice for their, their, um, their devices. And they brought us in as well as a couple others, and we were able to actually create detections and, and help you know flesh those out, loaded into like neighborhood keeper, one of our you know kind of collective defense tools to see if it was already in the wild um, across all of our customers and bring all this to the forefront for the community behind the scenes and then launch it publicly. Let's just think about that for a second. Like in the terms of the manufacturing industry, a state actor was going to go after it to a significant number of level at the automation level that the U.S. government was even able to, you know, sort of take it very seriously and catch wind of it. And we as a community were able to work together collectively to get a win before the adversary even launched our attacks. Like, we always talk about stuff like that, but it rarely, rarely happens. <laughs> well, help me understand here. You know, you, you talked about intellectual property and access on the OT side. And I guess I'd never really pondered the notion that if I have access to your OT side, just being able to see how you have things wired up and hosed up is going to give me insights on perhaps some of the secret sauce. Well, that and the instrumentation data and similar. So like, it's not just the, the wiring of it, though that can matter a lot. I mean, the engineering yeah. drawings definitely are part of stealing intellectual property. But if I've got your data historian that shows me a record of every temperature change and, and pressure change and similar of the entire physical process, and then I know your automation about how you set it up, I can really go rip it off. If I just have a recipe, there's still the, great, how do you make the cake? You know, but, but if I've got an understanding of how you're doing it to a very efficient level, even if I don't have the recipe, I can go use your process to be very efficient in whatever I'm doing. Maybe I can even do it better with my own recipe. So long story short, there's, there's, there's probably more, but there's at least two kind of clearly defined categories of intellectual property in these environments. And the best place to get at them and protect them is in the operations environment where they exist. I've got to take the recipe. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm being shorthand here. It's not just like this one master recipe, but I've got to take the recipe of sorts and load it into the automation environment. So those project files and the data and the engineer workstations that have all that information, it's right there for you about what we're trying to make. And then again, data historians, new machine interfaces and engineering drawings and everything else is here's how we're making it. Combine those two things together and you can rip off any company in the world. Yeah. 
All right. Well, Robert M. Lee is CEO at Dregos. Rob, thanks so much for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And finally, Richie Koch on the Proton blog points out that in 2023, big tech companies like Alphabet, Amazon, Apple, Meta, and Microsoft were fined just over $3 billion for legal violations. However, their immense revenues allowed them to earn enough within a week of 2024 to cover these fines, demonstrating how minor such penalties are for these tech giants. Despite consecutive years of multi-billion dollar fines, these companies often delay payments, viewing fines merely as a cost of doing business. The current punitive measures fail to deter their rule-bending behavior, underscoring the need for more impactful regulatory actions to address privacy breaches and antitrust issues in the rapidly evolving digital landscape. The fines are so insignificant compared to their earnings that they hardly affect the company's operations or prompt significant changes in their corporate governance. As my CyberWire colleague Rick Howard likes to point out, if we want tech companies to take these sorts of fines seriously, we need to hit them in a way that goes farther than simply making them dig through the couch cushions for loose change. And that's the CyberWire. For links to all of today's stories, check out our daily briefing at thecyberwire.com. Don't forget to check out the Grumpy Old Geeks podcast where I contribute to a regular segment on Jason and Brian's show every week. You can find Grumpy Old Geeks where all the fine podcasts are listed. We'd love to know what you think of this podcast. You can email us at cyberwire at n2k.com. We're privileged that N2K and podcasts like the Cyberwire are part of the daily intelligence routine of many of the most influential leaders and operators in the public and private sector, as well as the critical security teams supporting the Fortune 500 and many of the world's preeminent intelligence and law enforcement agencies. N2K Strategic Workforce Intelligence optimizes the value of your biggest investment, your people. We make you smarter about your team while making your team smarter. Learn more at n2k.com. This episode was produced by Liz Stokes. Our mixer is Trey Hester with original music by Elliot Peltzman. Our executive producers are Jennifer Iben and Brandon Cart. Our executive editor is Peter Kilpie and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow.
And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. 